0: You're listening to the Maritime Gardening Podcast, episode 86, brought to you by Vessie Seeds and Safest Gardening Products. Well, folks, it is July 27th as I record this year today, and it's a beautiful, warm, sunny day outside. I think it's 31 degrees Celsius in my backyard right now, probably uh, a, degree or, a degree or two warmer in my garden because it's, uh, uh, it's just so pleasant in that spot. And uh, I thought I would do an episode today speaking to every conceivable question that has been thrown at me since I changed the walking paths in my garden from having wood chips to having sand pathways. So uh, for those that aren't aware of the configuration of my garden, I got beds where I grow stuff and I got walking paths where I walk and I do not walk on my beds. And in the walking paths, instead of having grass that I have to mow or something like that, Um, For the last uh, X number of years, I have just laid down wood chips every year. Every year a guy comes and dumps a whole bunch of wood chips in my driveway and then I put them in a wheelbarrow and bring them down to the garden and arrange them in the walking paths and that suppresses weeds. It also just has this nice soft sort of dry place to kneel and so on and so forth. And uh, this year instead of getting another load of wood chips to put in the pathways, I put down sand. And how did I arrive at that decision to go from wood chips to sand? Well, I, uh, the area where I live has recently become indicated as an area where there's a risk of the ticks that carry Lyme disease, and based on my reading and even a podcast I did here with Dr. Vette Lloyd of Mount Allison University, you go back a few episodes, you'll find that podcast. She's a scientist, or you know, a professor at a university who studies ticks, and in particular, Lyme disease, and... Uh, she was saying that the very very tiny small juvenile ticks, the ones that peep, that tend to give people Lyme disease because no one ever notices when they're on your body, uh, those ticks like the environment of wood chips and leaves and stuff like that. Um, I was always I was always of the 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 frame of mind that by using wood chips I was tick tick proof, because my experience as an angler, normally when you're fishing. Your your main risk of getting ticks is when you're walking through grass is like a knee-high grass. That tends to be when ticks attach themselves to your pants and stuff like that. Whenever you walk through a bit of grass, you take a look at your knees and your thighs, and you'll you'll tend to find ticks, and you you pick them off right away. Um, So I always thought I was okay because I don't have any grass in my walking paths. I got these wood chips. But she said that the juvenile ticks, the ones that attach themselves to uh, mice and voles and moles and things like that, squirrels, that they have got no problem hanging out in wood chips and leaves and stuff like that, leaf matter, and that uh, you're at risk, according to what she was saying, uh, if, if you're using that as a means to mulch. So I uh, decided, and, and everything she was saying was consistent with a, a, a good deal of the reading I had been doing on this topic. I'm not saying that if you have wood chips, you're going to get ticks. There's a risk. That's all. There's a risk. And since I'm out in my garden, I'm always kneeling in that and sitting in that and wallowing around in that sort of thing. And since I've got kids out there, I'm really most concerned about them. And my wife goes out there as well. Um, I mean, imagine saddling a young person with Lyme disease at a young age, how that would affect their life, Uh, let alone having your your spouse... uh, uh, contract that illness or, or yourself, right? It's, it's just all awful. So I thought that by putting down sand in the pathways, that would mitigate that risk and not necessarily make it 100% tick-proof, but reduce the amount of habitat in the garden that is favorable to ticks. Everything that Lloyd was telling, I, I floated the idea by her of using sand. and She said that's really good because they need to stay moist and the sand is would dehydrate them it's not an environment they like so you'd be uh safe using sand it's it's just not an environment they enjoy so i made the took the plunge and i uh got a dump truck load of sand in my driveway and i hired a young fellow to help me out because it's really hard moving sand and i did all that and that was about two months ago and i'm totally happy with the results um, you know, I, I, still miss the wood chips in lots of different ways, but anyway, there's been a lot of, I've done two videos on this the day I did it, and I was explaining why I did it, and then I did a follow-up video very recently, you can check those out, um, uh, but I've had a lot of questions about it, and I decided to just line up all of those questions, I mean, not every single question, but the ones that I think are, are, um, uh, I, the ones I can answer and I have something to say that, that seem uh, like a kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm using my own judgment here. So if, if I don't address your question here, don't be offended. It's just the, the questions I think most people would want to know the answer to that weren't just some uh, trolling flame fest (laughs) which does happen on youtube sometimes so uh yeah uh so let's let's plunge it let's dive into it let's get into it here let's get stuck in and go with these questions so uh first question i'm not naming any names here i'm just just reading off the questions so if you're a regular viewer and you threw this question out then uh, hopefully you recognize the question you asked and this is the answer to your question so the first one is um I'm curious to see if the local cats take a liking to it, referring to all the sand. And that's not the only question. A number of people asked about, oh my goodness, the cats, if, if I did that, the cats in my neighborhood would go crazy. And well, number one, for my garden, to speak to that, it's, it's all fenced in, so I don't really have a, the cats aren't really getting in there. I guess they could climb the fence, but they don't tend to do that, because there's nothing in there they're really interested in. Um, but the, the part of my garden that's outside the enclosure um, which the cats can get to. And there's a couple of cats that people, I mean, people that were in my neighborhood are crazy to let their cats out because there's wild animals, wild cats, raccoons, coyotes. Uh, you know, they eat cats for breakfast. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> I think anyone here that lets their uh, cats roam the streets is, uh, uh, probably going to be donating a cat to the coyote population here. But, but anyway, there are cats around. There's one white cat that's always in my lawn and, uh, That must be the toughest, savviest cat in the world because uh, it's a dangerous, it's a rough neighborhood for uh, wild things here. Um, Anyway, uh, I do, I mean, I have a herb garden that has sand. I've got uh, a fire pit that's all sand. Basically, you're sitting by a fire with your feet in the sand, almost like being on a beach. And uh, I've got almost like a deck type thing behind my house that I've used sand on as well. So I got sand everywhere. And every, every once in a while, I'll get a little bit of cat poop, and I just, uh, you know, pick it up with a shovel or whatever and flick it in the woods. <laughs> it's not really a big deal. It's not like I'm, every day I have to go out and shovel gallons of cat poop. I mean, maybe once every other week there's a, a turd in my sand. Is For me, it's not a big deal, and I don't care. Um, maybe for other people, that would be a big deal. Or I can imagine if you just, if the thing was covered in cat, cat poop, that would be a problem. But, uh, at least where I am, and again, I'm not in a suburban area. Maybe I, I would get a little bit more if I was, but, uh, I don't mind scooping up a little cat poop and flicking it in the woods if it means that there's a greater or a lesser risk of getting ticks and especially Lyme disease in my garden. So that's my answer to that. Um. Another comment here, uh, someone said, sand here gets infested by ants pretty intensely. And that's not the only comment I've had about ants. And actually people are always, even when I had wood chips in my gardens, people would say, doesn't that, uh, don't the ants like that? And people have seen that I have culture beds which have wood buried in them, people have said, doesn't that bring the ants around? And people have seen that my beds are bordered with old rotten logs and stuff like that. And they said, Oh, doesn't that give you ants? And the answer to all of those questions is yes. I have ants in my garden. I have ants everywhere in my garden. Uh, If you go and every once in a while, just go uh, sit out in my garden and have a cold beer and just have a look at everything. Just be quiet and look at the garden and see what's going on. And it doesn't take long for your eyes to take notice of ants. There's ants everywhere in my garden. Uh, probably at least three different kinds of ants in my garden. I've got little tiny black ones. i got those, those ones that have the, the red part in the middle and a, at least one other kind. Um, I've got ants all over my garden. And as far as I can tell, they don't really do anything bad. Uh, I, I, I suppose the worst thing they do is if plants get aphids on them, they tend to protect the aphids and look after them that's easily solved by just killing the aphids <laughs> I just spray some insecticide there's lots of different ways to deal with it people just blast them with the hose or whatever but uh, i don't mess around i got a little bit of insecticidal soap um pyrethrin based uh you know insecticidal soap and i just blast them with that and the aphids are gone and the ants got you know no aphids to look after so they go back to doing whatever it is ants do when they're not taking care of aphids so yes i have ants and i don't care it's not a big problem uh, I suppose if you had the kind of ants that, that bite, or fire ants or whatever, if you had those kind of ants that might be a problem. But uh, I don't seem to have anything, I just got you know, carpenter ants and garden ants and the kind of ants that, that tend to persist in, in the, the ecosystem here and they don't really do anything negative to my plants. Uh, I've got lots of things, I was just out looking at my eggplant this morning and I pulled back a bit of the mulch there and there was ant eggs everywhere. And uh, I'm sure people might think that's gross or whatever, but it doesn't affect the plants. I've even done videos where I've dug up potatoes and the potatoes are growing in with ants and with ant eggs. doesn't do nothing. So, I mean, I'm sure there might be types of ants somewhere that are a problem. You know, somewhere, I, I don't know. I don't have that kind of ant. Uh, the kind of ants I have in my garden are not a problem. So, yes, I do have some ants and perhaps they like the sand. I don't really know. I don't, I don't feel that I have any more now than I had before. Um, but what I do know, at least in my experience, is that uh, they don't do anything bad. So uh, I don't worry about them. If anything, they probably take out, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure they prey on things that might be a problem. It's possible. They certainly work the soil. They create a lot of tunnels in the soil. And if you've got little insects putting tunnels in your soil, that allows the water to get down into your soil, into your roots. So uh, I think they're beneficial or at the very least neutral. Uh, with respect to maintaining a vegetable garden, at least the kind of ants I have in my garden. I hope that answers your question. Um, another question, did you rake and remove all the wood chips before adding the sand? Uh, I don't know what all the wood chips, but as, as, you know, as much as I could. I, I had a young fellow here, and we both went at it pretty hard. We spent about three hours scraping off as much of the uh, existing wood chips we could. It seemed a shame to take such a useful mulch. And just bury it forever. So yeah, I removed, uh, I don't know how many, maybe uh, 12 wheelbarrowfuls of wood chips from the walking paths and used them on various gardens uh, elsewhere on the property and in the vegetable garden. In I, I, front of my house, I've got some ornamental gardens, you know, some daylilies and stuff like that. So a lot of the wood chips that were in my garden went on those because I, I needed to mulch them anyway. And it was just a easy, cheap, way to do it right and I had a young guy here that was uh, able to do all the hard work so it seemed to make perfect sense to me (laughs) so yes I did Um, you know it wouldn't make sense to bury that under sand Um, another question here Uh, I wonder how this would affect they're talking about the sand pathways I wonder how this would affect slugs it seems as though slugs wouldn't like to travel through sand and maybe reduce slug populations Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, perhaps they don't like traveling through the sand. I mean, some slugs, a lot of different kinds of slugs travel underground as well. So perhaps they just travel under the sand. I don't know. Uh, I didn't notice any difference in the spring. That is to say, uh, at least for this year, um, I had just as many slugs and snails as I always had. I've got them in my gardens. Now, I mean, who knows? Maybe next year will be different. I I know I had a, a robin. Uh, I didn't film this because I didn't want to upset the chicks, but I had a robin build a robin's nest and raise three chicks right next to my garden. Uh, The the nest was actually at eye level. Um, So I know a lot of slugs (laughs) went to feeding those chicks, slugs and snails and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll have to see over time. Uh, It it seems logical to me that they they wouldn't like traveling over the sand, that's for sure. So if you've got an X amount in each particular bed and they can't go from bed to bed, and they, they're less, maybe may less inclined to migrate in from the outside, perhaps uh, a, any given bed, the, the population can be reduced by the activity of, of uh, birds and toads and, you know, uh, garter snakes. And of course, uh, very early in the season, uh, April, May, I use the uh, uh, Safer's, what's it called? Slug and Snail Killer. It's just a, a slug bait I've talked about before on the show. It's uh, relatively benign if you're concerned about whether your garden's organic, organic or not. I, I consider my garden to be an organic garden, despite the fact that I use this stuff, because all it really breaks down to is, uh, you know, uh, things that are naturally occurring in the soil anyway. You know, after you know x, you know, x number of weeks, uh, so um, those various chemical compounds, iron and sulfur and stuff like that, these are all things that exist in nature anyway, and they just break down into things that that naturally exist. So anyway, I want to get a diatribe about that. Uh, Another question, Um, person says, about the sand, won't the various mulches you use, maybe excepting the seaweed, still provide protected tick habitat? After all, the rodents tend to dig around in the beds and not outside them. Still, even if there's just a 50% benefit, that is not nothing. Okay, so the person was saying it's, you know, there's still the risk of ticks because in in the beds I've got a mulch. And there's probably rodents in the beds, which there is. I've seen evidence of of voles and moles in my beds. Um, So there's still a risk of ticks because I could have the the things that carry ticks are in my beds. And they're rooting around in there. So that's a good, that's an excellent point. It's a really good point. And uh, it's very possible that um, there are some ticks in the beds or there's a risk of them. Uh, the difference is that I'm not kneeling and sitting and wallowing and so on and so forth in the beds. I'm, I'm, I'm kneeling or sitting or whatever I'm doing outside the bed in the sand, right? That as far as I understand it, the ticks are not going to set up shop in that sand. That's not where they want to be, right? Basically, ticks find a habitat they like and they sit there and they wait for a mammal to come along and they grab onto the mammal, find a nice, soft... Spot you know where the sun doesn't shine, so to speak, to uh, fill up on blood. Uh, so they're not going to be doing that in the sand. They're going to be in the bed. So I'm putting my hands in the bed, and I don't know if you if you if you're an outdoors person, you're you're constantly examining and evaluating your hands, your wrist, your forearm, and your bicep. I don't know why, but I am hypersensitive. To things being on that part of my body it's in your line of sight and you notice you notice your hand your wrist and your arms right you can you can rotate it around you can see the whole thing and you tend to feel things crawling on you you've got you've got a little bit of hair on your arm and you can feel things moving around there um, if a tick grabbed on to my hands you'd be, uh, you'd be much more likely to notice it even a teeny tiny tick because it's in your line of sight as opposed to it crawling up an ankle, grabbing onto your knee, going up your pants, (laughs) you know, climbing up your pants and going up your shirt, right? Those things you don't notice so much. And that's what happens when you're kneeling in hip uh, tick habitat and a uh, tick grabs onto you and decides to make a meal of you. So I still don't think I'm 100% safe, but I think I'm way safer than I was. Um, I think I'm even more than 50% safer than I was personally, Uh, because I'm basically, I'm sitting and kneeling in stuff where the ticks aren't, or are very unlikely to be. I mean, let's say a a vole crawls across my sand, a tick isn't going to jump off of the vole to hang out in the sand, it's going to jump off of the vole in the garden bed, or probably more likely it's going to jump off the vole somewhere where other things are going to be, like a... Uh, path. You just, all you, you, all you got to do is go outside my garden bed. The entire enclosure, the fenced off garden enclosure, the entire perimeter of that enclosure has what looks like to me to be a deer path going all the way around it. So deer literally walk around my garden, They walk through my garden, They walk around my garden. So let's say there's moles and voles just meandering about all over the place. Uh, my guess would be the, the tick would probably jump off <laughs> in that area because they're more likely to find the kind of thing they're looking for, you know, a deer, a porcupine, a raccoon, you know, something that's, uh, you know, as the tick matures, they tend to be looking for uh, larger mammals to grab onto a bunny rabbit, that sort of thing. So I hope that answers that question. Um, Another question is, uh, wonder if you find that you're going to track the sand into the house? That is a bit of a thing. Uh, I know if I'm kneeling in the sand, I tend to use a a, cushion to kneel on. But if you kneel in the sand, you got to bang your pants off really good. And it's a bit of a walk from my garden to my house. So um, a good deal of the sand, if I walk across the lawn, goes into the lawn. Um, but I've got a, uh, I tend to walk, I don't walk directly into my house. I walk into a, a garage. I have a garage attached to the house. I walk into the garage and I take my shoes off in the garage and they go in the house. And there is sand on the floor of the garage and i have to sort of stay on top of it but for the most part we don't have sand in the house i get sand in the garage and i I stay on top of it but yes there you know i wasn't tracking wood chips into the garage and i am tracking sand into the garage and it's created uh, uh, an extremely minor chore in having to stay on top of that but it's not like every day i have to uh, sweep the garage from top to bottom and so on and so forth. That's <laughs> not, that's not the case. And actually just, just banging the shoes off a little bit, you know, as you're, as you're going from the garden to the house makes a huge difference. Uh, another comment here is a person said, I, I guess I would be afraid of the rain washing the sand everywhere, but where you want it. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And, and it depends on the kind of sand you've got. The kind of sand I've got, it's very coarse and it's the kind of sand they use in septic fields. So, um, it doesn't tend to, you, you have to have an incredibly powerful, strong rain for it to wash away, and you have to have a slope as well. So there's only one area of my garden which is slightly steeper than the other part of my garden, where it, there's signs of the sand being moved around by water collecting and running in the rain. Uh, and it, it really wasn't. Uh, it wasn't washing the sand everywhere. It, it just moved the sand uh, down the garden a little bit, and it took a few minutes with a rake to to mend it. And I think that would be easily fixed by uh, just creating a couple terraces with some logs uh, perpendicular to the to the angle, uh, the downward angle of that slope. So, uh, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're if you have your garden on a very steep incline, um, that might be an issue. If it's on a um, incline might be an issue if it's on a extremely slight incline or decline uh, I wouldn't be worried about it all and of course if your gardens uh, on a flat (laughs) flat on the level it's not going to go anywhere Um, especially if you use the the septic field type Um, uh, another comment someone said the the look sound and feel of wood chips will surely be missed I wonder how much repair you'll need to do as it settles and washes um, I do agree with an earlier comment with the sand clearly making your garden, uh, space appear bigger. Is that just on my phone or is, or do you get that feeling in person? So that's two questions. So the first one, um, how much repair you, you need to do as it settles and washes. So I've only really done that, I think once, I had a, you know, basically like a week of heavy rain and one part of the garden, there was a little bit of a canyon created. And a few minutes with a rake, repaired that. Um, Maybe once a month, I might go around the whole thing and look for weeds and use a rake and just sort of uh, level things out. Uh, I had a garden club come today to look at my garden. I spent about an hour out there this morning, just uh, going around with a rake and uh, looking for any weeds that were growing and just sort of cleaning things up. So, um, you know, I would say in the two months since I put it down, I, I might've spent an hour or two in total uh managing the space um that's not bad for keeping it in good shape uh the other question uh makes the garden space look bigger or is that just on my phone or do you get that feeling and i guess i'd lump that comment in with other comments people have said about um you know um uh does you know the garden has a certain zen to it uh seems bigger it looks nice and i would agree with all of that it's you know, i like the way it looked before um, but it does seem to look bigger with the sand and I really don't know I have no idea why other than sand looks uniform so it makes the walking spaces look larger um, but it is certainly pleasant to be out there uh... in that environment and uh... uh... you know i i will i get a little bench where i can sit in the gardens and i'll kick off my shoes and just sit there with my bare feet and uh... enjoy it as you know, unless the flies are really bad so yeah, it has given it a certain feel that's uh, uh, pleasing to be around. It's, it's certainly a nice, uh, pleasant environment when the flies aren't bad. <laughs> um, another question here. Um, how would sand be compared to wood chips in terms of moisture retention? Uh, this is an odd kind of question to me because I, I don't have sand in my garden beds. I just have it in the walking path. So, um, I don't care about moisture retention per se in the walking paths, right? I'm not growing anything there. Um, that water is just going down into the ground, into the water table in general and it's, it's, I don't think it's affecting the water table one way or the other. I can speak to that question in terms of, I do have a garden where I grow herbs and that garden is mulched with sand because uh, herbs, uh, at least in my experience, most herbs anyway, are kind of weed-like and they don't really need amazing soil. So uh, I have a garden that's uh, maybe um, two feet by 16 feet long, and it's got a number of different herbs in it. Oregano, rosemary, uh, thyme, things like that. And that garden's mulched with sand. There's about three, four inches of sand, and then there's some really, really poor clay soil underneath. And uh, on any given day, I don't care how dry it's been for how long... (laughs) if you uh I know, i'm sure, i'm sure if we were, if it was a desert this wouldn't be the case we we tend to get rain every couple of weeks here but uh I do not water that garden at all and uh I just with a guy it was a garden club view in my garden today and I showed them that if you go down a couple of inches into that sand it's wet so uh if you were going to use it for a particular kind of apple i wouldn't use it for growing i wouldn't use that as a mulch for a vegetable garden um but uh, if you were going to use it for some kind of maybe perennial flower garden or something like that, or a perennial herb garden like I have, I think it does a great job of moisture retention. I, I don't want a garden at all. I haven't wanted it once this year, and everything's growing great. Uh, next question. i got about three more to go here. Have you ever had to deal with bindweed? What's your thoughts on getting rid of it in a raised vegetable garden? I don't know why that question's here. It has nothing to do with sand. But anyway, it was was in with that category. And uh, yeah, I do have it. And uh, I just pick it as I see it and uh, stay on top of it. (laughs) I have it in a couple of my beds. And uh, when I see it, I pick it. And, uh, you know, if you don't till your gardens and you keep a mulch in your garden, most weeds come out roots and all. So if you get buying weed, um, if you're lucky, you get the roots out and uh, all I do is I pull it and throw it right back on top of the bed and the, the roots dry out and the plant dies and it becomes a mulch and That's how I deal with it. So uh, it's not a very sophisticated answer, but <laughs> That's what I just just pull it and just keep pulling it. I mean The plant's got roots in the ground and it, it's gonna send up greens and it gathers its energy from the Sun by virtue of the greens So if you're to keep pulling the greens off, it's it, the roots cannot get what they need to uh, complete the photosynthesis. So a plant can't indefinitely survive on roots alone. And roots can survive having the foliage pulled off for certain kinds of plants, but the roots can't survive having the foliage removed indefinitely, right? You keep removing the foliage, eventually the roots are gonna exhaust their energy stores, um, anything in that matter. I mean, certain things are more tenacious than others. But eventually, if you don't let roots have any greens, the roots are just gonna exhaust themselves trying to overcome that. And they will eventually die. Um, Another question here. Oh, there are a number of questions about sand fleas. Are you going to get sand fleas? Aren't you worried about sand fleas? What about sand fleas? Um, And and perhaps I've got my my species wrong or my, you know, what you're talking about. Maybe I don't understand what you're talking about here. But if you're talking about the sand fleas are at a beach, they are a form of marine life. So my garden is not a marine environment. (laughs) There's no tide coming in and uh, you know, it's just not the same, same environment. So any sand fleas that, uh, let's say I bring in a bunch of seaweed and there's uh, some sand fleas in that seaweed and uh, uh, they get into the seaweed and say, oh, look, sand. Now we can be sand fleas in Greg's garden. I don't think it's going to happen because it's not a uh, saltwater marine beach, it's not a beach. It's just a place, it's more like a desert, right? Uh, So uh, uh, perhaps there's some kind of flea that loves being in the sand, I don't know. But I I think these viewers are talking about those things that bite your ankles when you're at the beach. And uh, those are a a marine environment form of life. So uh, I'm certainly not, when I go to my garden, I'm not getting bit about the ankles. And I'm out there with sandals all the time. And I'm not getting bit by about the ankles by anything other than the usual things that I have in my garden. Black flies, mosquitoes, horse flies, deer flies, things of that nature. Um, Another, this was a uh, suggestion saying maybe a few layers of cardboard before the sand to kill the persistent weeds. Uh, Especially referring to things like uh, vetch. Uh, Yes, that does work and outside the garden enclosure that's exactly what I did. Outside my garden enclosure, uh, there was no wood chips between the beds, it was just weeds. So I just weed whacked it and put cardboard down and put the sand over it and it's done a pretty good job. I I just didn't have enough cardboard to cardboard the whole garden before putting the sand down. Um, I wish I had, that would have made a big difference. Um... Another person was speaking to that part of the garden where the uh, the sand did run down a little bit when uh, when it had a lot of rain. they created like a little, almost like a river in the sand, and there was a small canyon. I mean, by saying canyon, I mean a canyon that was <laughs> six inches deep. A uh, person suggested getting some pallets, really any sort of pieces of wood, and make some break dams uh, to terrace the garden. That's an excellent suggestion. I fully intend to do that this fall. Uh, in that area where I had that problem, I'm going to create some form of terrace to just slow down. If there is any sort of water running through the garden, you're just slowing down the speed of that water. And once the water gets a certain speed, it can carry the sand along with it. So if you slow it down and break it up, it can't do that. So, uh, And we do get a lot of rain here. And then the fall will be a good test of that because, uh, you know, remember that Guns N' Roses song, November Rain. We get November rain here. <laughs> it gets rainy here. So... Uh, yeah, it'll be a good test. I fully intend to do that and it's a good suggestion. And I don't know if I would have come up with that without the suggestion. It just wouldn't come to mind. So thank you for that. Um, So there's another comment here. Um, uh, This person said, just a heads up, our community garden had put down something similar or the same in 2015. And today they were talking about sand. They put sand down their pathways. And today you cannot tell it was even put there. The weeds have reclaimed the pathways. Not saying this will happen in your case, just food for thought as a really good suggestion. And uh, yeah, I've had to, there's certain things that have been able to take root in my uh, pathways. Uh, As I mentioned in the video I just did, I really think uh, a a sand depth of more like four or five inches would be better than the two to three inches that I have. Uh, So I I think you need some real depth so that uh, anything that is, any seed that germinates beneath the sand can not get up through it. And any seed that's sitting on the sand is just going to be too dry. That you know, The top two or three inches is going to be relatively dry. It's just not a good environment for germination. Um, as opposed to what I have right now, where I've got two or three inches of sand over top, top of soil that had wood chips on it for years. So uh, over top of some pretty uh, fertile soil. I, I forgot to show this on the video I just did, the, the sand garden follow-up. But uh, there's a couple places in the sand where I have kale growing. This would be some place in the walking path where, uh, I dropped a kale seed sometime at some point in time, and that kale seed germinated in the soil, got up through the sand and is now growing. So I've got three or four kale plants that are about three inches high growing in my sand. <laughs> and I'm just leaving them alone to see like, what is that plant going to look like, uh, this fall, you <laughs> know, how big is it gonna get? I don't know, I mean, I mean my, my full-sized kale are, are almost two feet high, some of them right now, and these these are only a couple inches high, but hey, we just out of curiosity, why not? Um, okay, last question, and the one question no one asked is that, um, uh, do you have sand in your produce? I mean, there's nothing worse than uh, eating some food and getting that crunch, you know, when you're biting sand between your, your molars, you feel like you're gonna break a tooth. Um, and that has happened a couple times. Uh, the moral of the story is, if you've got sand in your pathways, uh, don't uh, don't step over the. You know, I, I tend to go out into the garden with a bowl. Don't step over the bowl where you're putting your food, because sand's going to fall off your shoe and get in the bowl, right? And uh, don't lay anything you're going to eat. Don't lay it on the sand. And when you bring the stuff in to your kitchen. Uh, wash it really good. I and mean, the way I wash it is I put everything in a bowl. I fill the bowl up with water. I shake all the produce really good and I pull it out of the bowl. And then I dump the water that's in that bowl in the sink and I fill it up again and do that whole thing again. And that seems to work really well. Um, if I get really lazy with that process, process, I run the risk of there being a bit of uh, sand in the food. So it has happened a couple times, but I would say 95% of the time it's not a thing. And if you know I'm really, really vigilant, I mean the, the gardens where I'm growing the food, the actual beds don't have sand in them. So it's it's more like when I've got a bowl and I'm not being careful and I step over the bowl with my shoes on, maybe some sand goes into it. But if you wash your stuff really good, it's not a problem. It really hasn't been a problem. I think I can think of two incidences where um, myself, I think it was me once and my wife once. Thank goodness it wasn't my kids. Um, we became aware of there being some sand in our food. All right, so hopefully that uh, addresses all of those uh, questions and gives you. If you're contemplating this and you've been following along, uh, hopefully this gives you uh, some more to chew on if you're if you're thinking about it. So uh, you know, I hope this answered uh, all the unanswered questions and spoke to some of that. Watch those uh, videos I've done on that if you if you're curious as well. Uh, If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you want to help support the podcast, check out the offers from my two sponsors, Vessi Seeds and Safer's Gardening Products. You go in the show notes if you're on the podcast or if you're on the YouTube channel, check out the description box. There's coupon codes. Um, if you want to buy something from if there's something you need that they sell you buy it from them and help support this show and helps uh, keep this whole thing going and uh, offset the cost that uh, I incur in making this content available so I hope you enjoyed that show and if you did please like share subscribe share this content with your friends and uh, until next time get out there get at it have fun in your garden thanks for listening